Hello everyone, we're back again with the daily podcast. Today's one though, I'm going to talk about Zara's documentary on disordered eating. Uh, first of all, I think it's a really, really good documentary. I think it's uh, got a lot of good information in there. It covers different types. Um, has a good insight into like the realities of these types of eating disorders and stuff like that with what happens to people's lives. I think overall, it's definitely a good watch. Um, and I got some notes from it that I want to go through. So they'll be weaving in and out um, and explain some things, bringing some research. I'm not saying what I'm going to say is the truth or bang on whatever. Like, you know, there's with these problems, like one of the experts says on the on on the documentary, like people with eating disorders, it doesn't come on its own. It comes with anxiety and depression and personality disorders and stuff like that. So it's a very complicated problem and it's not something you can just brush with one type of like solution the first question i have on the document is demonize demonizes counting calories at the start and at the end um and there's a lot of talk and actually goes on when sarah speaks to zam sam <laughs> sam about you know who's put, whose responsibility is it to to the trigger triggers if something triggers you like whose responsibility is this and do we need to teach people from a young age through school to understand that it's our responsibility in how we look at events. It's our opinions about events, right? Not the event itself. And have that wired in from a young age. Because obviously when people get too far into an eating disorder and they feel they're in the thing, then things can trigger them and they're kind of out of control basically, right? So they've gone down that route. Clinical, they need to go and get help. But before that, there's a lot of work to be done on kind of mindset stuff. Like whose responsibility is this? I'm triggered by something I see in social media. And can I walk around assuming I'll never be triggered by anything I see? And Sam says, you, you know, you don't know what's going to trigger someone. It could be some word you say. It could be the way you say it. And we've got no control on this. And if we think we can control people's triggers, we're going to be in a state of anxiety 24-7. And that's, going to, that's not going to help. So we need strong leadership here with people to be like, look... Triggered content. If you're triggered by content and, they, and there's extreme triggers... That is beyond the scope of what I'm going to talk about. But if you're triggered by stuff and it makes you feel a bit bad, then that goes down. Can we catch these earlier on? Can we have groups in schools and discuss things like CBT and give people these tools way earlier on? Stoicism, all this stuff that helps and all this stuff is... Stoicism has got so much research on it now and help people. There's, uh, I think it's in Exeter they got a... They do a study every year or something. Um, we need to ingrain this stuff early on so we don't let social media trigger us and put us out of control. We don't let everything dictate our days. That's the first thing I'm going to say on that part. And I'm not saying this will be helpful for people who have gone further down the line because I don't think it is. I think there's anxiety everywhere. And then there's the chat about um, the girls in university. They were in lockdown. Um shall clear away there and they saw videos of being healthy and social media fitness and they felt guilty about what they were eating um and then someone said i was counting calories which i never did before and i'm controlled by what i eat now there's no education in this program about what a calorie actually is so a calorie is a unit of measurement a calorie isn't a thing in a food like it's a unit of measurement of energy from a food so to demonize calories is similar to demonizing liters or milliliters or miles or kilometers. Like, you're not going to go and fill your car up and get triggered by the, the fact that it's two liters or one liter for 1.80. The fact is, 
the liter is used to measure and it costs 1.80 to put a liter in right and it might suck that it's 180 and it was 120 the other day but the fact is that liter cost 1.80 now is the liter the problem here like are we going to blame the measurement tool here or not and i think that's where the problem lies we're blaming the measurement tool as opposed to our view of the measurement tool like if you were to bl if you started going around saying liters are triggering me i can't believe it's 1.80 i don't want to see it i can't do it i'm not gonna i don't want to know how much that costs i don't want to know how many liters i want to put the liters. i want to put some energy in my car but i don't i don't want to see i don't want to see it much because that's triggering me right when we see that way we see that it's not really helpful to to actually demonize the measurement tool it's we need an education on what the tool actually is now as humans, we've really evolved because we've been able to measure stuff. We've been able to measure time, measure distances, um, measure um, energy generation. All our stuff we've been able to measure, which has taken our civilization to whatever it is today, like crazy stuff. So measurement tool shouldn't be blamed. Our view of the measurement tool should be looked at 100%, and that should have been explained in the documentary 100%. There was no talk about macronutrients either. So food is just seen as calorie counting and calorie counting is bad. So don't so calories are now bad. And I think that message has been reinforced in the documentary and I don't think that's helpful at all because we see calories in packages of food in all supermarkets. We see calories on menus in restaurants. They will offer you calorie menu, the non-calorie menu. Calories are going to be spoke about just as we speak about how many miles it takes for me to get from here to Wales or how many litres I need to fill up my car to go from here to Wales. And we are going to speak about measurement tools, right? So calories is a really tough time because people have taken it the wrong way. One calorie isn't one calorie, right? In a sense, from the food perspective, one calorie is one calorie from a unit of measurement, but one calorie from protein is different to one calorie from carb because protein is got is more thermogenic, which means there's more calories used to digest digest protein and carbs. So it's not the exact equal. And people say, well, a calorie is not a calorie. A calorie is a calorie measurement wise, like a liter is a liter, like a mile is a mile, like a kilometer is a kilometer. You know. And I think, I just want to explain that. So we shouldn't demonize calorie accounting or measurement. Um, so then she said, went on to say that she didn't watch what she ate and she was very unhappy and it was uncontrolled eating. Um, she started tracking and got obsessed with it and then every day was tracking. Here's where I think the problem is. My fitness pal is similar in a sense to how TikTok is operating where my fitness pal are like, hey, Here's all the foods in the world to track. We don't care what you do with the app. We don't care what you do with this app, but here's the information. TikTok saying, here's all the videos and here's an algorithm to give you all the videos you want to see. Whatever you do with those videos or however you comment and whatever, not up to us. You do what you want. So I think no education on using these apps and what they actually do and what the purpose is, is a big one of the biggest problems MyFitnessPal has. People download the app, are told to track the calories. MyFitnessPal often gives very low calorie intakes. It also enforces the eating back calories from food. Oh, you've burned 100 calories, now have that back and eat it. And there's just no education about it. They just haven't cared about that part of the app. And they haven't, they haven't really wanted to solve that problem. Because it's a problem that's going to take them a lot of time to fix, a lot of time to educate, a lot of time to do it. And that's why with our app, 
the first two weeks is all about the mind. It's all about why are we even using this app in the first place? What is the purpose of the app and what superpowers does it give us as a human to use in a moderate way? And what are we going to do with this information? How do we look at this information? What are the next steps? That's the vital difference between us and my fitness pal. I wouldn't even consider us in the same same category. They're a food tracker. We have a food tracker in the app, but it's not a food tracker only. You know, and I think this is the big problem because they're the market leader and other apps are similar. We now we're now going to throw away a very valuable measurement tool that can help us with weight management in as a human race. And we're going to throw it away. And it's going to be labelled bad and demonised for many years. And it's going to be cornered away. And anyone that does it is going to be saying, you're doing that's bad for you. And that's going to cause more anxiety. So no one's going to have a really powerful measurement tool of how many how much energy they're consuming every day, which is a massive part of why people gain weight in the first place. Right? So that's the danger. She then talks about why she's lost her period. Right? And again, no information on why this happens. Very important to actually understand this. She's saying she works out a lot and this is what you find with the typically younger girls they work out way too much and they do cardio 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 and they have low energy availability which causes menstrual cycle dysfunction there was no explanation of this and i know they can't cover everything but we can't just blame the calorie counting here the calorie counting separate from what's her actual intake right and what's her actual energy output from working out each day so she's on too low calories consumed right? And she's having too much exercise, right? Needs explanation. Here's a bit of information about this. Higher rates of menstrual cycle dysfunctions have traditionally been found in sports with large aesthetic components or where a low body weight and thinness is an important criteria. This includes sports such as gymnastics, ballet, figure skating, and many endurance sports such as running or cycling where lower body weights improve performance. Sports requiring large amounts of training show increased rates of menstrual, menstrual disorder and younger athletes are at a higher risk for them for reasons discussed below. More specifically, primary amenorrhea is found with less than, this is the full-on menstrual cycle dysfunction, is found with less than 1% incidence in the general population but may occur up to 7.4% of college athletes and rates of 22% in cheerleading, diving and gymnastics. Rates of secondary amenorrhea in the general population is roughly 2 to 5%. And I think a lot of people in this documentary had this. But, may, but many occur in up to 60% of distance runners with the rates going up as training volume goes up and body weight decreases. Oligomenorrhea is also found in up to 40% of distance runners and 60% of rhythmic gymnasts. Again, this may be a consequence of elevated testosterone levels in some cases. While subclinical menstrual disorders only occur in 5-10% to of sedentary women, studies find that even recreationally exercising women may show them as a rate of 50-80%. to 80%. Perhaps more shocking than the rate itself is that the difference between exercising and non-exercising women is only 2 hours per week. This indicates just how sensitive women's bodies are to stress and leads into a discussion of the cause of what we just spoke about. That's shocking. That's shocking how and the the training, if you don't if you're not careful, this is why I reinforce it all the time. The amount of times I've said to people, cut your training down, cut your training down, cut your training down, cut it down three times a week. I say this all the time. Three times a week, three times a week, maybe four. 
make sure you've got a maintenance if you want to be training like reinforcing this it's important especially for younger people if they are going to count calories and they should be tracking the macros really to understand more about foods and stuff because it's an educational process is really understanding this energy availability thing like all right okay so if i am going to train if i overdo it that's going to huge problems for me potentially so i need to be very careful here and if i'm going to increase my training i need to make sure my calories and if i want to be safe i want to be at maintenance at least if I'm going to go into a fat loss phase, I really need to reduce the workouts I do. Because I don't want to go into a really, really, really low energy availability state, which could be very problematic for me. So that's an important aspect of this documentary. Maybe can cover in another one if they go into it. Like what, you know, training, nutrition, macros, you know, menstrual cycle disorders. All this, It's all linked in a sense. All this stuff and eating disorders. There needs to be more education on it. I think Zara's done a great job in the documentary of bringing all this to light and an awareness. And hopefully there's more onwards. But I would love to have seen an explanation there. Because that's going to worry people. I've, had, I've lost my period. How many other people have gone, same as me, but why? Because oh, I'm calorie counting. Counting calories, isn't it? Isn't doing it. It's the exact calories you're actually consuming and actually the, the, the amount of exercise you're doing. Right? Does that make sense? It's not the liters is the problem. It's how many liters, how much petrol. I mean, you know, didn't get to Cardiff, ran out of fuel. Well, you know, the liters, count the liters part of measurement is a problem. I just put, didn't put enough actual fuel in. And I would have been able to measure that properly if I did measure with liters. Um, 15,000 people a month falling in with eating disorders or disordered eating. And then the other, the other girl on, I did an hour in the gym way too much cardio and she said she was doing three times a week but then she said sometimes every day and I think she, you know the reality is one person even admitted to lying all the time because it's embarrassing to her or shameful that she was definitely doing an hour a day of cardio no doubt uh, her eating uh, her energy availability must be a, must have been terribly low terribly low which would have caused a lot of problems right even if you eat more there that's too much too much so you know, what else could she do, she was asking. Well, the first thing is three times a week strength train, no cardio to start with, go to maintenance. And I know this is not in the scope of the documentary, but if you want an actual, actual plan for it, that, I think that's important. Um, and then comparing. So, so her, her actions always came from a comparison um, where she was comparing on social media and comparing what her action steps. So she was only taking action from comparison and that's a very, very troubling place to be wasting time comparing we know there's no happiness in comparison because it creates a duality it creates one side is me one side is not me and i'm not the other side and then there's a state of terror there's a state of fear and a state of anxiety that replaces that void right and it's a terrible place to be an action from that place can never be action that's going to be the right action for you it's always going to be the wrong action um and you know and he's saying what sells in the documentary. Well, we know, like, marketers have known sex sells, body image sells. This is never going to stop. Capitalism, for as long as it's out there, the ads for perfume companies are always going to use women and, and men who are, like, you know, seduce all that stuff. And it's going to, that is just widespread. Those are never things are going to change. So if those things are triggering for people, you need to look at, like, well, look at the why. Let's look at, let's look at the root. Look at the root of it. Um, so the ones that got recently diagnosed with eating disorders, I found a few uh, interesting points there as well. A lot of them are saying they were by themselves. Um, 
And then Zara asked, when do you know when you're going into a disordered eating episode? And she said, thinking about food and then panicking and then embarrassed about it. So thinking about food, the real question here is, are we ever going to stop thinking about food every day? We're going to think about food when we eat food, but do we need to think about food all day? Or do we do we pick up, like we, we don't think about brushing our teeth all day, but when it's time to brush our teeth, we think about it, we brush our teeth well, put it down and go, job done, leave it there, right? So we can pick things up and put them back down. Eating is a very emotional thing. It's not as easy as I'm not going to sit here and go, it's just as easy as, you know, brushing your teeth twice a day you eat. But we need to start ensuring the meals we eat are satisfying. We need to eat slower. It's clear to me. All of us need to eat slower. We need to eat with moderation. We need to eat with more mindfulness. We need to not eat watching TV. We need to let our body have a chance to digest it. We need to, we need to eat meals that have got decent amount of macros. So they fill us out. So the protein, carbs, and fat mix is important. So this doesn't make us feel in a hungered state. We then need to understand the difference between craving and hunger, because when we understand craving, we know we're going to get cravings even when we're not hungry, right? So when we think about food and it's a craving, we're not going to panic, because we know this is just a craving. I'm trying to escape a moment right now because I'm bored or stressed or I'm craving some pleasure because I feel emotional, right? I'm getting embarrassed about thinking about food all the time, but really we're in food is our outlet for pleasure and our outlet away from stress, so it's always going to be thought about as long as we don't understand the whole route from craving to eating, right? Does that make sense? We need to understand the root of these things to, to really change them. Um, and they're asking, does social media have an impact? And there's someone saying, diet culture is common, body image is shoved on your throat, TikTok's the main thing here. They all say TikTok, TikTok. And it's got the algorithm that bombard you with stuff. Um, and one of them said a very important point, actually. The bombardment of foods that are bad. Every TikTok of a food, this is bad, this is bad, it's going to hurt you, this chemical, la, 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 la. Um, I think that is one of the real big problems where labeling foods good and bad is a huge problem, but scaring people with like, look how many chemicals in here, everything's a chemical, right? We don't, let's have moderation and we don't have to worry so much. When it comes to good and bad foods, there needs to be education on that. Like some foods are more dense than others in calories. That's really it. And some have got less nutrients than others. And that's really it. And we need to be in a place where we decide we want to eat more nutrient dense because we know it's better for us to have more nutrients, not because we think we're going to lose weight from doing it. So how do we get to that place? It takes time, it takes effort, it takes understanding. I think it's a big part of this education around food. This has got to start earlier. It's got to go earlier. It can't be done later on. We know that women who have kids and they talk about dieting and losing weight in the slimming clubs and stuff like that, we know that they, they, if they have a little girl and she's five years old, by the time she's eight, eight she wants to lose weight. So we know this starts ingraining into little girls at eight, maybe even younger, right? So it starts there. Where do we start and how, this is a very complicated question. I don't have answers to when we start, how do we do it from that point? But we have to look at secondary school big time and university. But the thing is, engagement and Sam, again, the Sam, the Sam points come up in my notes here and you know, how can you, how can you, you know, if Zara stopped posting things that triggered people, is that going to solve a problem? Actually not. I mean, it might help the, the, the people that follow her, but they also follow a hundred other people. So we really need to take personal responsibility. You have the power alone to look at your triggers and be able to rewire them or view them in a different way. I think this is the, one of the most vital parts that popped out of me all the time is personal responsibility. Where's the leadership, personal responsibility in our lives? It's gone. It's replaced with 
non-leadership and everything that triggers you we console people oh my god that's so bad and we we we're, we're uh, what's the word it's not emp- empathy is important but it's maybe gone too far where it's like if anything triggers you it's really bad what that person said and i think back in the day maybe it was more so much why why what you said why do you worry about what they said oh i know that doesn't really help so much but it's your view what i said I didn't take up. I didn't take up badly. And then you go, did you take up badly? You did? and then everyone goes, no, I didn't. You did. Oh, I did a bit. Okay. So we've got different various opinions on what's the thing that said. We all hear the same thing, but some of us take it in a different ways. So it's the view of, of the things, and it's our responsibility to be able to to uh, to take a moment to really respond. And that skill is vital to uh, for people to learn. I think so, and that's the power we have. We can't control the world. It's abundant. You're going to see advertisements, you're going to, people are going to say stuff, uh, you're going to see comments on social media if you go on it, you're going to have emails, you're going to see people in the streets, out in, out in the clubs, in bars, like there's, you can't control all the triggers out there, you can only control your response to the triggers, that's it, but that's quite nice to know, because they say no power. Um, a few more points, bad to promote healthy diet, nope, um, so that's good, that's good for Sam mentioned that, I think it's not bad to promote a healthy diet at all. Um, but you don't need to celebrate everything online, damn right. So this other one is, and some of the stories quite sad, weren't they? They were, they really did f- get emotional. Um, so one of them is I can't remember her name, sorry, um, but she's restriction, restricting binging and purging. Nearly each, uh, nearly each um, time she's on her own, she's binging. Okay, so she was always she was alone, potentially lonely, wanting to escape it. In, in escaping that, she was going for food because it was a pleasurable thing. And she kept feeling sad alone. So I wanted to escape the sadness, which would cause more binge eating because the binge eating was giving her some momentary pleasure. And But then she was going sick after it. And then she was pausing, she said, after and going, what the hell? What the hell? And I, I would, I reckon it must have been happening so fast in the moment that she didn't really feel in control at all. And she, she said she had no respect for herself. So, and she was always lying and escaping what really is the truth of the matter. And I think that's important. We need we need the support to be able to stand up to what the truth is and stuff. And we need people to tell us what the truth is. And we need to listen to objective views that we trust. And that's why I think a community is so important. Like a company, the way we bring in experts that can tell you and be straight up with you is important. And I think that's another a theme of this documentary was how the community and the support or like having the right person there to help you is is vital um so a few more before i finish i know this is going on longer um one thing i was confused about um with one person is like they were giving her a meal plan for now until she got uh, mental health help and i just don't know how i know what the they're obviously giving her a meal plan to eat more or eat like a healthier diet but like doesn't that just reinforce like a rigid eating view? Like, where's the, I know they can't give, I know it's time restricted and financially restricted and stuff, but I'd like to have learned more about why there was a meal plan given um, to people who were struggling and what what evidence has got that that got to improve that situation. Again, I'm not eating disorder specialist, but I just would like to have known that in the documentary. Um, 85% of people with eating disorders are not underweight. Mental health issues come along with them. That's big numbers, so mood, anxiety, personality, guilt and shame. She was explaining that this is one of the leading um, experts, I think, saying the genes and personality, are you born with it, you react to stuff, complex. But again, I don't understand why meal plan is the answer to that for now. 
Um, that mean spot thing is just ridiculous. Like, why someone would go on our website together? I know it's easier said than done when you're in the low and got no respect for yourself, but what a horrible website. It needs to be taken down. Um, 60% of eating disorders, TikTok of eating disorders, people with eating disorders said TikTok reduced self-esteem. And this story, I'll finish on this one. I can't go loads of time. Lauren, the one who had anorexia, oh my God, that story, I felt... Like when a friend read a letter out to her, it was just so moving. And I think that's such a nice part of this documentary to show like your friends care for you and sometimes you don't want to see the truth. And she was saying that negative voice in your head, which is diet culture, which is TikTok, which is all that stuff is telling you nonsense. It's full of, it's, it's just a reaction to the memories you have from watching those videos, you know, and it turned from an obsessiveness, turned the hobby into obsession. She had to do two workouts a day, steps, tracking and all that stuff. So... She's in denial. And I just think her friend being there for her is magic. And not everyone has that, right? So that's the que- that's really the thing here. It's like, and she was able to go to a clinic and get help. And it looked like she was in a in a rather wealthy house. Um, don't want to make too many assumptions. But, you know, I suppose the help she went to probably wasn't free. But how many people don't have access to funds to do it? Or have a best friend to, like, write you a letter and be there for you? So... There's a lot of uh, work needs to be done on support here. And I, I think, obviously, they're trying. There's, like, charities and stuff set up. But um, I don't know the answer to it, really. But I think it's an important part of this uh, problem, this kind of loneliness online, on your own, in your own head all the time. It's not good for people who are younger. Um, so the young girl segment, I think, was the last bit, wasn't it? Um, they said that influencers with their eating and exercise regimes wasn't, like, too good for them. Attached to a photo in their mind. Um, before and afters with the before not looking too bad. Um, and they say they would seen Zara serving and measurements stuck in their heads. Um, but they wanted her to see, show her full, whole, whole, whole life balance. I think that's a big part of it. Praise the normal. So I turtle, like, we want people to share their lives. You know, you're doing macros, you're training, you know, people are changing jobs, starting businesses. Um, moving different parts of the country, going traveling, uh, meeting new friends. There's a lot more. To, if people join Turtle just for fat loss and only got that from Turtle, they'd be disappointed in that. I think we're a lot more than that. We're trying to be a lot more than that. I would never even bother to start this company if it's just going to be some way to cause problems for people. But, okay, we've lost weight, so great. Like, I'd hate it that we'd help people lose weight and then make them worse. It's, Turtle is really about having a better life. And we start off with people who are trying to lose weight. And because there's... It's a problem a lot of people have. There's a system out there we got that works. There's the mindset education we think is the right one. And I think it is the way forward. But they bang on. We need the full picture. We need the full picture. People are like, what's, you know, I think I remember one person saying before, like, what's this philosophy? What's this, like, chat about Buddhism? What's this chat about uh, mindset got to do with fat loss? It's like, it's got everything to do with it. Everything to do with it. This whole, this. Ryan said I say whole weird so now I'm just conscious about it whole this whole thing it's got everything to do with it and they say the word holistic or whatever but it's about life everything it all ties in it's just how it is how and how we tie it all in is it's a big question we're trying to do our best to do it but I'm not saying we got it bang on but we're, we're working towards that model and I think that is the model that we need to go with um and then there was the Sandy, who was the, the top expert or something. I'll finish with this. I've said that a few times now. Um, she said, um, the, video, the videos of Zara saying how 
structured shares and stuff like that is probably a problem you know successful money structured like blah 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 visual causes anxiety which is triggers an action social media doesn't cause eating disorders but it might make things worse the same he says about balance again balance is coming up here um moderation um Zara explains that she had the support the protective factors really that she had a nice family to support her from and not be isolated so being isolated in social media must turbocharge isolation because there's nothing worse than being actually alone in the real world going online being alone there and then kind of only getting attention when you know arguing with someone on social media posting mean stuff or whatever it is and then one person said, you know, things come in waves, improvements come in waves. And it was so nice to see Lauren at the end where her face had definitely filled out a bit. She looked like she was in a much healthier place. Um, and she said she just wants to live her life. And that's the main thing, guys. We don't track with Turtle. We're not tracking our calories. We're not doing, we're not tracking our macros. Learn about this just to be trapped by this. We're doing it so we can control. We need to, if we need to lose weight for health purposes, great. If you want to get stronger, we want to see how different macros impact us energy-wise. Great. We're not slaves to macros. We're not slaves to calories. We are the ones in control, right? And that's what Turtle's about. I don't want you all, any of you to think that you've got a calorie counting is bad. I think that at the end, they've, they've missed the point a bit at the end of the documentary saying, you know, the, again, calorie counting, I'm not going to post the calories. We're, we're, we're putting the wrong thing in jail here, you know? The measurement isn't the problem. We need to educate around the measurement. Come on. And we need to stop um, demonizing things, good and bad. Things have got their uses. Things have got their uses. And we don't need to track calories forever. But if you want to get control of your eating and seeing where you have been eating, you track and you track your macros and you find out. And you take action steps after that, positive ones. You never don't hate yourself, don't say you're worthless and none of that stuff. This is just an educational, it's like experiment, like a scientist would. We are looking at data like a scientist. We make take action steps from objectively looking at data. But that's it for today. I want to finish before this 30-minute mark and uh, speak to you all soon.